Welcome everybody to Catterday Checkdown. I am here as always with Braden Neviews. Braden, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm just very excited to talk about this past Saturday and get ready for I think Kentucky's biggest game maybe in program history coming up. So I'm re- ready yes, to talk ball. Yes, sir. And I have also today we have a special guest, the Sean Smith. Sean, how the heck are you? Man, it feels different hearing somebody else ask me how the heck are you, but I am great. <laughs> And guys, I'm I'm really excited to be here with you. And what a what a fun time right now, right? Like this this program's in a good spot, and it, it's a spot that it's been in multiple times, but it just it feels a little bit different this time around. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, we have looked forward to this um, since. I mean, really, when was the last time Kentucky and really any athletic department or any athletics had the kind of success that? the Kentucky football team's having right now. It feels like it's been a long time since Kentucky fans could have something to be proud of. So it's good to finally see that come full circle. <clears throat> well, uh, if you're looking – go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it, it is. Like, it, it's it's been a bit, right? Like, as last season, the football season didn't go as planned. It, it started well, and then you had the middle, then you had the end. But it, it didn't live up to what we thought it was going to be. But it, it seems like this time around, though, that this program is more prepared to kind of capitalize and uh, put itself in a position to do something. Yeah. And and even like the offseason, everybody was talking about how difficult the schedule was, thinking, you know, if you win seven, eight games, we can chalk that up as a good season. I, I don't necessarily see it like that now, five games in. Seeing what we've seen against Florida. Now, I know those first four weeks were a little bit iffy, but – you actually see it for once that this team has the potential to actually do something that's um, that that you know Kentucky fans weren't exactly expecting. So, really exciting, man. Braden, how about that game Saturday? Kentucky takes off Florida thirty-three to fourteen in a game that I would just the only way I would be able to, to chalk it up is an, an utter domination of a game. Um, what did you guys think? Because that was an epic collapse by Florida, and I'm so happy to see it. After uh, beating them for the third straight game in, and that's the first time since, what, 1949 and 1951? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, First of all, let's start with that atmosphere. It was a big topic coming into the game about it being a nooner. Uh, That crowd made a huge difference. I know we didn't get, you know, the eight pre-snap penalties like we did a couple years ago, but that crowd certainly had Florida rattled from the get-go. Um, that, I, mean, I I was not at the game personally, but watching it on television and just watching college football throughout the whole day, that was probably the loudest stadium I heard in college football uh, on Saturday. Of, from the opening kickoff, it got a little quiet there at the end, but Kentucky was blowing them out, so there really wasn't any reason for them to be too loud. Uh, but I think it's also a, a, a pretty fair talking point to bring up that a lot of fans had already left. Like yeah, it was a blowout. You, you, you I, get I that against game. against Eastern Kentucky and Ball State and Akron, but for Florida, that's you know Kentucky was moving on all cylinders Saturday. Exactly, and like in all three facets of the game too. And defensively, uh, I thought Kentucky put together a, a great performance. Uh, you know, going back to last week. Uh, leading up to the game, we talked about uh, Florida's rushing attack and the two-headed monster of Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson. And Florida really didn't get anything going in the ground game. And then uh, uh, conversely, Kentucky offensively put together their best rushing uh, 
performance of the season. Ray Davis going for 280 yards, to, uh, I think, what, 204 of that came in the first half. I mean, Kentucky just put together an all-around master class in all three facets of the game. And, I mean, that's just a, that's just a shout-out to Stoops and uh, Coach Cohen and Coach White for putting together, I think, a really, really great game plan. And, and then the players for going out and, you know, following it to a T. I mean, that was – to me, that's about as close to an A-plus uh, performance as you can get. The only thing that probably kept Kentucky from what I would say would be a perf- perfect performance would be the passing game. Devin Leary is still obviously working through uh, a lot of rust, whether it be the injury or the you know the new uh, system or whatever it may be, nine for 20, uh, what, 67 yards on, on Saturday. So he's still trying to find his way. But, I mean, overall, uh, the performance was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it, it was. And, you know, my, my takeaways from this is when Mark Stoops took this, took this job, and I mean, we're now more than a decade in, it was clear to me that it was pretty evident that there were two things said to him in the streak and beat Florida and beat the crap out of Louisville. Because those two things, like those are the two games, right, that this program has just continued to show up in. And Guys, it's been three straight, but if, if you throw out the, the fluke stuff that happened with not covering wide receivers six years ago and then everything in the 19, the Sawyer-Smith game where, where Kentucky had control of that game, you throw in out 2020 in the COVID year, and like this this is a series now that Kentucky, I feel like, has actually outplayed Florida probably six of the last seven times that they've played them. And it's, it's no longer a surprise to me. I think the only thing that surprised me about Saturday was the margin. I didn't think it would get to 19. I never thought I would ever see the day that Kentucky would just be significantly better than Florida on a football field. But that was the case. And you you get home on a couple of those pressures there, and it's possibly 33, 40 to nothing in, in that game. And Kentucky has dudes that Florida didn't have. And I never thought I'd say that again or ever at any point in my life. But here we are. This program is in a position – it's, it's doing a lot of good. You mentioned the struggles, Jordan, there in the first four games, how it was kind of hit or miss. It was the, the passing game. It's been the running game. It's been the defense consistently doing it there for, for four or five weeks. But, but to me, once they got into league play, the starts they've been getting off to has been really, really impressive. I mean, we're talking, what is it, 37? What's, what is the margin? 37 to nothing in the last two first quarters in SEC play? Like, you do that because they, well, they outscore, I think it was 20 – what was it? Was it twenty? It was twenty-four to nothing against Vandy, and then it was twenty-three to nothing against Florida. So if you want, you got forty-seven. Well, what was to the nothing. What was the first quarter? Oh, the first quarter. Uh, so on, on Saturday it was sixteen to nothing, and then uh, against Vandy it was twenty-one. Nothing. So thirty-seven. So right yeah. there, you're yeah. you're thirty-seven to nothing in the first quarter of SEC games, and that's something to keep an eye on going into this weekend. I know we'll talk about that matchup, but that that is something to look at because they've been starting fast where Georgia has not. And that's going to be an interesting thing to follow, but we're used to seeing Kentucky kind of slug out games, but it's been nice to see them just kind of just put teams away and and win some football games and and going away fashion the last couple of weeks against SEC opponents. Right. So there's a couple of things there. First off, I want to talk about Ray Davis. Because this guy, like you said, Braden, 280 rushing yards, three three rushing touchdowns, and a, and a receiving touchdown. That guy was all over the field. Um, and after the or post game, 
he went in and, 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 and did the presser, and, and he did nothing but give praise to the offensive line. How refreshing is it to see an offensive line play the way that they did? I mean, Jeremy Flax, after a season and a half of fans, media, everybody kind of bad-mouthing him, um, and, you know, a lot of times they, last year they were cheering for the backup. Stoops even said tonight on the call-in show, I recruited somebody to replace him. And to see him have easily the best game of his life, at least at, in a UK jersey, I mean, that's got to mean something. And it's not just the, the, the offensive lineman that blocked either. It's the receivers. It's the tight ends. The uh, Bates and, and, and Caddis were huge on the, on the blocking side of things Saturday. So it's it's always it's always great to see this team improve the way that they do, especially because we saw it in those first four weeks how sometimes the team didn't really look as mature because I, I guess we're it's a young team, but we're finally starting to grow into that um, going into Georgia playing probably your best ball that well you're easily your best ball of the year and um, a game that a lot of fans can look forward to. So, um, you know, how great was that defense? I, I want to talk about the defense because, you know, Vanderbilt, Max Harrison had those two pick sixes that everybody's going to talk about, but they were composed. The entire defense was composed, and those picks don't happen without that front seven being able to push the way that they did. And it seemed like Florida, they were just suffocating that offense – um, ETN really couldn't do a whole lot. Um, and, and Graham Mertz, I mean, did he win the quarterback battle Saturday? Maybe, but that's not saying much because Larry was, um, for lack of better terms, I mean, he just, he just wasn't great. So guys, what did y'all see on that defensive end that, that had you guys stoked, um, to actually be able to compete with probably one of the top defenses in the country? Uh, one thing I would like to say before I answer your question, you brought up the offensive line. Uh, it was great to see the big blue fence turn back into the big blue wall on Saturday. <laughs> um, and one thing, uh, you know, that we need to point out is that, you know, they're doing this without Kenneth Horsey. And um, and hopefully sooner rather than later he'll be back in the lineup. But um, Dylan Ray has played amazing football. And then uh, Marcus Cox – and uh, Jeremy Flax have been really playing well these past few games. And then I think the interior of that offensive line, really on the right side there with uh, Jagger and uh, Eli Cox, they, I mean, it really seems like the cohesiveness is finally starting to come together on that O-line. Anyway, uh, talking about the defense. Uh, first of all, let's talk about how Brad White decided to put Deion Walker into coverage <laughs> on that interception. I mean, that – I mean, he, he brought – you know, he brought eight guys back into coverage on that th – I, I believe it was a third down there uh, in, in the first half. And uh, and he put big Deion Walker back in coverage, and he helped cause that interception. Uh, that, uh, By our guy, Trevin Wallace. Yeah, yeah. Trevin Wallace. I mean, it's something about Florida just brings out the best in Trevin Wallace. Uh, for some reason, uh, the ball likes to find him whenever Kentucky <laughs> plays Florida. Uh, but I, I thought uh, defensively, um, it was another great game. Uh, you know, there were a few uh, times that I feel like the uh, the secondary gave up some some plays, but overall, I thought they played really well. Uh, and um, which, of course, Florida was playing from behind. You know, 
that whole game. So they were kind of pressing it a little bit going deep. And Kentucky gave up a couple uh, of shots and probably should have gave up a couple more, but Graham Mertz just couldn't put it on them. Um, but overall, the defensive line, I think, is one of the best in the SEC. Uh, linebackers have played really well. And um, the, the secondary – uh, has had its moments of greatness. I think you know there's still some some area there to figure out, but overall they're playing really good as well. And I mean, of course, we I think Kentucky has one of, if not the best, defensive coordinators in not only the SEC but the country. And um, I mean, I hate to say this to kind of finish off what I'm saying here, but I. I think that this will be the last year that Brad White is Kentucky's defensive coordinator because some program is finally going to be smart enough to make him their head coach. I mean, yeah, like you would, you would definitely think that Brad is certainly on going to be on some list to to take some calls. I think one of the bigger things that's happened with Brad and it's and it's actually happened within this program is the the network that is being built around who someday could replace Mark Stoops is starting to grow, right? Like Brad White is probably going to be on that list. Uh, John Sumrall, if he continues to have success at Troy and continues to move up the list, like you're, you're building a network of replacements at some point. Now, the one thing I'll say about Brad, Brad really likes Lexington. And if he likes just cashing, cashing that check to be an elite defensive coordinator, it, it also wouldn't shock me if, uh, if he sticks around Lexington for a really, really long time. But, that that's asking a lot because I do think that Brad is in position to, to go be a head coach somewhere. And I think you're right, Braden, like it, it is getting to that point sooner rather than later. Uh, but back to the Mertz discussion and, and some things I was having the, the, the talk with some people last week that I don't think Graham Mertz is going to lose you football games, but I also necessarily don't think he's going to go win you games either. And I thought the biggest thing that happened was Kentucky got that early lead and it made Florida uncomfortable offensively. And as you said, it made them press. And it made them take some shots in the passing game that, that you usually don't see Florida do this year. They've been maybe three or four and five-yard passes just trying to kind of slowly and methodically get down the field and do some things. And that's why his completion percentage is so high. But you see Kentucky take a two-score lead. And then it gets they get off the field, but then they get the leaping over-the-line play there to, to and get the penalty. And then Ray takes it 75 yards on the next snap. Those things right there is, I, I think, is where Florida lost the football game, and then they're trying to play catch up. But guys, Jordan, this this Kentucky defense, to me, it's the most talented across all levels, not just with depth, but just top end talent. I mean, they're so disruptive up front. With when you got Deion Walker and you got Trevin Wallace there, and then you got JJ who got a big play the other day. I thought that was huge for him getting home on a, on a sack and. Yeah. And finally doing something to feel good about, right? Like, because they need him going down the stretch here and getting into the heart of this SEC schedule. But that defense to me, and, and the secondary, I, I'm, I'm with you on the secondary, that I feel like that they, they've also, they've had some issues where they've gotten beat, but quarterbacks just have not connected. When you're so disruptive with that front seven, especially that front four, and, and at times defensively, and you're getting home with without having to bring a ton of guys, that is something that I feel like Kentucky in recent years – minus Josh Allen, struggled to do. And then the passing game, the secondary gets picked apart. You're seeing these guys get home now, and I think that's going to help them, especially in this league as they as they move forward. I mean, Deion Walker is to the point where he's required a double team almost every snap. Like, that's how disruptive he is. Uh, just, an, just an unreal talent. And, and Kentucky's got dudes. They got dudes all across that, that side of the ball. Yeah, 
That uh, that I mean, we could we can name plays all day. That Octavius Oxendine um, chase Chasing down, was, down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what in the world? And then and Keaton Wade had a Keaton Wade ran, I bet, thirty five yards to close up space across yeah. the field and and make a tackle. And and how about him too? Like that, the way that he's playing right now is allowing Dion and some of these other guys to just continue doing their thing too. I mean, that, there's multiple guys on that defensive yeah. side that is playing well right now. And look, if you're going to win in this league and if you're going to win on Saturday, you got to be able to have a defense that, that you lean on. And uh, I'm certainly in a position where I hope if Kentucky's in a close game or they have a lead late, I'd much rather the Kentucky defense be on the field trying to hold on to it than Kentucky's offense trying to go score and get it. That's how much I trust this defense. Yeah, how great is it to see Darren Henry Young get in there and and um, make some plays that I think everybody was kind of looking forward to? Yeah, you're well. You're seeing their recruiting wins in the last few years really starting to show up now. Mm-hmm. You know, Wade, Deion Walker, you know, Trevin was was a guy that they they won on like and, and and things like those those wins and getting that talent in your program. You're starting to see it show up in, in depth. Uh, another name too, you know, Keyshawn Silver, and what he's mm-hmm. doing, his impact there. I mean, we we could literally sit here and name off multiple guys on that side of the ball that are playing the best football of their career, but also have room to to continue growing and continue progressing. And when it comes to Brad, the, the, just the way that he schemes up things, it has to give you a ton of confidence if you're Mark Stoops and this Kentucky offense to know that you got that in your back pocket too. And a lot somebody asked me today when it comes to turnovers in football is it more execution or is it luck? And I think it's a mixture, right? Like you yeah. mentioned earlier, Braden mentioned earlier that Trevin Wallace the ball just finds him when, when he's playing Florida. But the hit that Deion Walker put on that play, oh, I know. That he actually I thought at first that Keaton Wade helped break that pass up, but when you go back and watch it, Deion Walker knocked the Florida player into to Keaton Wade. Like <laughs> that's the reason that Keaton Wade even made contact is because he was just on the ground. So just an unreal, unreal effort from that team. And they're going to need uh, even more of it on that side of the ball this weekend. Sean, I don't know if you saw uh, Keaton Wade's tweet today, but he quote tweeted a fan and said, uh, I'm just happy he's on my team. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of the, um, the, you know, the personality of this defense you can see on the field. I mean, it seems like they're, um, connecting more and more, Braden. So, um, love to see that. Love to see that. But, guys, I mean, we've talked a little bit about Georgia. It is Georgia week. How in the world are we going to stop uh, Brock Bowers? Uh, well, <laughs> your life. <laughs> open, uh, you know, get down on your knees and start praying, right? Um, there's – I mean, I watched the uh, the fourth quarter of that Auburn game and he made some literally plays. just saw a man, a one man show, be a football team. Uh, they Auburn had no answer for Brock Bowers, uh, but thankfully uh, for Kentucky, I believe that we have like the right guy to scheme and uh, contain Brock Bowers. And I think we ha- have the guys that Auburn doesn't have to to you know possibly keep him contained. I mean, there's no. There's no stopping him, but I mean, you can certainly contain him just on scheme and whatnot. And I've, Brad White will definitely do that. And you know, make make Carson Beck beat you with the other guys. Uh, 
take away his safety valve uh, because that's exactly what Brock Bowers has been. Whenever you know, you know, when it, whenever he's not seeing something, 19's out there somewhere. Just get the ball to him. So if we can try and take away Carson Beck's uh, safety valve, um, you know, I think we can really see what kind of quarterback he is because he's been uh, shaky to start the season, and uh, he's thankfully he's been saved by one of the best tight end prospects maybe ever uh, in in Brock Bowers, and um, and I mean honestly, um, this this Georgia team as a whole does not scare me like the Georgia teams of the past few years. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Stetson Bennett and him being gone. I mean, I, I think I'm certainly one who uh, undervalued his um, his uh, value to uh, – Well, not having, not having to, Carter either on the well, – Well, like I'm getting that – yeah, well, like I'm getting to that too. I mean, Georgia doesn't have that, you know, that NFL uh, just – NFL-ready defensive line that, you know, you just can't go to bed at night thinking about. They don't have the Jalen Carters of the world, you know. And, um, I mean, because, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles basically took the entire Georgia defense and said, hey, we're going to put them on our team. Uh, And I don't think – I mean, of course, I'm sure by the end of their career, you know, this team will be full of NFL prospects. But, you know, it's still a relatively young team outside of a few guys. Um, So I think if this is – if this – well, okay, let me rephrase. This is going to be Kentucky's best shot to go win the East, especially with Oklahoma and Texas joining next year and and the divisions going away. To me, this is like the final hoorah for Kentucky to go win the SEC East. And to me, I think it's there. Georgia's going to be tough. It's on the road. It's a night game. It's going to be a tough atmosphere. Um, I'm certainly not going to pick Kentucky to win, but I think that the chance is more there than it has been ever. Uh, and um, and not to get ahead of myself, but <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, you look down the down the road here. You got Missouri, which there's – they, they- what if, what if they're undefeated going into that? <laughs> what if Kentucky and Missouri win, and you have an SEC East basically play-in game for for the East at Kroger Field, and it's Kentucky versus Missouri? I mean, in, you're, in you're what world is that possible? It's uh, it's wild. It, 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 it's crazy, and then, I mean, and I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> uh, I mean, LSU has one of the most dynamic offenses in the country, especially in the passing game. But their defense is is absolutely uh, atrocious. And they have two of the best defensive players in the country, which um, – but but after that, I mean, it shocks me because of how much uh, respect I have for Matt House. But that LSU defense is atrocious. And then, you know, you look at Kentucky against Georgia. Kentucky has a chance. So you could get to next week – and have a Missouri versus Kentucky SEC East playing game. And, of course, you've got Tennessee, who looked a lot better this week against South Carolina. And then you've got Mississippi State, who looks absolutely awful. Well, uh, so, not to get ahead of myself, but I'll just say this one last thing, and then, Sean, you can take the take it. <laughs> no, you're uh, good. Um, if Kentucky wants to do this, it has to be this year, in my opinion, because after this, it's going to get really hard with Texas and Oklahoma. So, 
put all your chips into this 2023 season and go for it because I think everything Kentucky wants to do is right in front of them. So it is. I feel pretty good. It it is. It is. It is right in front of them, and and this is an opportunity here. Another game. Another thing for Georgia too. Like if if you beat them, then obviously they got to lose. You got to lose a couple of times before you're before they're back in contention for right taking the division. But they also have a game. I'm pretty sure they they still play Ole Miss too. I think yes. Ole Miss is on yes. the schedule, which mm-hmm. can, you know you, you never know. Like that offense can can put up some points and and things. But you're absolutely right, Braden. That this is this is their opportunity before things get really really hard and and we start to navigate a southeastern conference that honestly none of us really know what it's going to look like. We don't know what the shift in power and, and things is going to is going to be here in the next few years. But the way that this this model and and this this format that Stoops has been playing in for the better part of a decade now it's it's gone here in a few months like this is the last opportunity to do it the way it's set up now i also like that they've been in this moment multiple times now they they hosted georgia at kroger field in 18 with a chance to win the division they were not Mm -hmm. ready for that moment and that's fine this program had not been in that spotlight before you go down there in 21 you had a good kentucky team but not a great kentucky team you competed, but you never really could make the plays. I don't think at any point in that game any of us actually thought Kentucky could beat Georgia. Now, this isn't the same Georgia that's won two straight national championships. They're Georgia, yes. They, they have great talent. At, at some point, if they get it right and, and it hits, they can, they can beat anybody in the country. But we've also seen that they struggled a little bit this season. If Kentucky can get out to a good start like they have the last two games. Now, look at some of these games. Georgia got off to a terrible start against South Carolina, had to claw its way back in the second half. Georgia got down to a 10-0 hole against Auburn. That is ultimately what gave Auburn a chance to win the game in the end. If Kentucky can start fast down there, I don't think at any point in this series in the last six years has Kentucky ever put pressure on Georgia to actually lose one of these games. Georgia has always been able to say, we'll make a play at some point. Put some pressure on them, and I'm telling you, 93,000 will feel it as well. And if that happens, I think you've got dudes that aren't scared to play in this game. They, they, This program knows, and it's been there before. This coaching staff has been there before. I'm interested to see if any national guys, and maybe you guys have caught some, some wind of it today. I, I've not been able to listen. I'm interested to see if any of these national media guys actually pick Kentucky to win this football game because I, I think some of them are at least allowing the thought to creep in. But I heard Greg McElroy this morning say it's going to be an absolute dogfight and a war down there. So you you know people are at least coming around to the idea that this thing could happen Saturday, but Kentucky has to play clean football for four quarters to do it. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think everybody that, you know, follows this for a career or at least, you know, partially a career, uh, at least down in Athens, they're kind of starting to um, figure out you know, they've struggled with run defense all year. Now, does some of that have to do with, you know, having quarterbacks that can, that can you know, dual threat and, and look upfield and, and take off? Maybe. But, you know, you look at Ray Davis having 280. You know all week this is what Kirby's going to be working on is, is how in the world do we stop Ray Davis? Um, and that could very well open up some opportunities for Dane Key and Barry Brown, who haven't exactly had the best season up to this point. 
um, as well as our quarterback, Devin Leary. Uh, we saw against Vanderbilt, Devin Leary had an ability to look upfield, and, and Braden, you and I talked about this last, last week. He looked upfield and made the right play and took off with it. Now, I don't want him to do that, you know, four times a game. But if he, if, you know, if they're given that opportunity, we've seen it in the past with Stoops quarterbacks. You know, Steven Johnson had a heart like the Tennessee game where he jumped over people to, to win the game in the end zone. Like, do we see some of that from Leary? Or, I mean, you know, what do we expect? Because I'm a firm believer that if the game is on the line and Sean, like you said, the defense may have to win it, <laughs> especially if, if it comes down to that. But if the ball is in the hands of the quarterback under a Stoops or in a Stoops system, that quarterback is going to nine times out of ten make the right decision. Um, now you're right, that 93,000, it, it's, it's going to be loud. And Kentucky hasn't faced anything like that yet. Um, and Stoops alluded to it today. You know, Vanderbilt, he was nicely trying to say, like, it's not Athens. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard that or not. But he was like, well, it was under construction. And they couldn't get all their fans in there, so it's different. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows Athens is, is and Nashville are on two different planets in terms of college football uh, royalty. So um, it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Is how does that, like you said, Sean? How does that game start out? Um, Florida, I thought I thought it was going to be a different story starting out the game. You know, they have that. Um, they're they're really good at, at at starting games for the most part. Really, every game this season except for that one, they've went down the field and scored a touchdown to start it, um, or at least a field goal, gotten points on the board. Um, so, Georgia, if they get off to a slow start and Stoops and his offense, Liam Cohen can find some momentum in that in those first couple of drives, it's going to be huge. Um, so, something to keep an eye on, but. Another thing that Kirby said today is that he said Ray Davis reminds him of a DeAndre Swift. Uh, do you guys see that comparison at all? I mean, Ray, you look at Ray Davis, and he's got all of the intangibles that that you need as a running back. I mean, he's I, – I, I feel like he said a lot during media days, and, and Sean, I know, I know you've been around him some as well. Like, all he would talk about was, you know, I'm not Benny, I'm not Chris, but he's – he, he is he is different, but he's pretty physical, too. I mean, 189 of his rushing yards Saturday were after he'd been hit. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, he's he, still showing physicality. He's still being able to see the holes, and he's still being able to take off. And he was clocked at 21.7 miles an hour Saturday, which was the fastest in all of college football for Saturday. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got, like, everything that you need. And his patience, like – Reminds me a lot of JoJo Kent. It's like every running back that Stoops has had put into one is is what Ray Davis ends up being. And 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 I didn't really know how good he was going to be, right? Like I knew he was a good pickup, but I just didn't know what it would look like. But once we got a couple of games in, I mean, I know that he did some things there early, but I think we were all focused on the passing game. Right, like we we'd heard how it was going to be significantly better with Le- Leary, and you had Barry on and Dane coming back, and Tavion, the tight ends getting involved. We were so focused on that that I don't know if we were really paying attention to what Ray was doing until maybe Vandy, and then especially this last weekend and the patience that he that he was finding holes with. And I, I can see some of the 
some of the swift comparisons, especially with the quick bursts and quick change of directions. I still remember DeAndre Swift making a play at Kentucky in that 2018 game and just making yeah. – it might have been Mike Edwards. Look, yeah, it was awful. Mike. He made him look like a JV player. He did, and that's that's a dude that's playing in the NFL right now. So, like, when, when you see things like that, but Ray, to me – Jordan, you, you mentioned it. He's he's kind of he's got some pop to him. I mean, the play his his touchdown catch the other day, which Eli did help drag him into the end zone. He just refused to go down. He just kept fighting for yards and, and eventually pushed his way in. And I think that score set the tone for the rest of that game. And I mean, we're we're at a position now where you, you've you've had Boom in this program, and then you've went and you've had and you've had Benny and Chris, and this is another guy that's going to get drafted, and. I mean, it, it's a talented guy that, that does things differently out of the backfield. He can he can make some plays uh, in the passing game, the the run game, his his IQ on the on the offensive side too. Like it's just Kentucky has a chance this weekend because of all the things that we're saying, and the ground game has to do its thing. But if Kentucky is to win at Georgia, Devin Leary is going to have to make some throws. It doesn't have to be twenty to twenty five. There's going to have to be three or four, maybe five throws in this game where Leary's going to have to step up and, and deliver a ball. Dane and these guys are going to have to catch it. They're going to need six and seven to show up. Leary's going to have to call or going to have to complete some some throws, especially on third down, to keep some drives alive. I'm not here to defend 100 uh, percent uh, of what's gone wrong with Leary, but you know he needs some help. He does. Uh, his receivers have not given him any help, and 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 he certainly missed some balls. He, he missed that that first one uh, on that little uh, what what was it there in the first that first drive he had key in the end zone. And honestly, he's brown. There, oh wait, are you talking well, about the miss the miss the yeah miss well, catch, the drop well, one? Well, well, first I'm, I'm talking about the, the key he had on that the one he threw between him and Ray. The one he threw yeah. Oh Ray. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. But You're then right. the very so that one's on Leary, and then okay, that's fine. Then the next play, Leary put it right on him. So the, Leary isn't helping them, and they aren't helping Leary. And um, there's just so much disconnect in the passing game right now. And you're right, Sean. That uh, Devin's going to have to hit on some balls this week. But you know what? Like, if they're behind you a little bit or if they're a little out in front of you, then these receivers need to go make a play for him too. They do. I mean, there's a reason, you know, that they were four or five-star recruits coming into Kentucky. There's a reason they got all the hype uh, coming into their sophomore season. Uh, not every ball is going to be perfect, and you're going to go have to make a play for your quarterback every now and again. Um, and that and, goes hand-in-hand, hand, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. once, once, one, once one side makes if, – if a receiver makes a play for him – I think you're going to see Leary's confidence grow too. Absolutely, and, and uh, he'll certainly trust uh, maybe uh, throwing some more balls that he wouldn't otherwise. Um, but uh, as far as Ray goes, you guys are on the money. Uh, I, I think Kirby made a really good comparison there with DeAndre Swift, uh, who has been lighting the NFL up over the past few weeks. He's really found himself a home with the Eagles. Um, but, I mean – how Vanderbilt is it that they had one of the best running backs in the country on their roster and 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 didn't get the you know like the full benefit of it? Um, and uh, I mean, just moving forward though with Ray, I mean, there's so much he can do. Uh, obviously, you know, I talked about earlier Carson or 
uh, Brock Bowers being um, uh, Carson Beck's safety valve. I think Ray Davis is Devin Leary's safety valve. I mean, you go back to that Akron game, whenever basically the entire Akron D line was on top of Leary and he's able to flip it out to Ray and turn it into a touchdown. And then that, you know, on that, on that uh, touchdown throw he threw to Ray, it was a, you know just a quick check down, and Ray, and Ray made a play for him, uh, which I think is why you know Devin will throw him the ball. Um, so um, he's certainly become. I, for, I mean, you can't forget it, but just put away his 280 yards on the ground uh, for a second. I mean, he's been one of the more like real uh, reliable uh, guys catching the ball. Uh, and and I think Devin Leary really appreciates that, and is why he you know he'll check it down to him and let him make a play. Um, but yeah, so I'm certainly going to need some better play from the passing game this Saturday to win because Georgia is definitely going to load up the box and try and stop that running game, and it's going to leave some one-on-one opportunities for Barry on Brown to get deeper for Dane T to get uh, to get open. So um, so yeah, I mean there are certainly going to be some opportunities for these guys to go make some plays. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, did you guys see – I'm not sure, Sean, I know you said you, you've been out and about today, but, Brayden, there, there was a lot of people talking about, at least short on the Georgia side, how much that last game looked like the Missouri game of 2022. Um, I don't know if you saw that or not, but um, I could kind of see it. Uh, that, I mean, that game, talking about the Auburn game Saturday, mm-hmm. um, how it just kind of – like you said, Sean, jumped out to an early, early start and – just kind of pounded them early and then had to make a comeback on the road. Um, man, I I just cannot wait till Saturday. I, well, I, mean, I think – Sorry, go ahead, Brad. I was going to say what happened in that Auburn game is that they – like that Auburn defense made some oppor- opportunistic plays. And uh, and that's what Kentucky's going to have to do defensively. I mean, I mean, this is one of probably everyone's keys to the game. I think Kentucky's going to have to force, you know, a couple turnovers, uh, get – Get Kentucky's offense uh, on on Georgia's side of the field by turning the ball over and just give uh, K- Kentucky some easy points. Uh, you know, it don't have to be touchdowns, but even just get a couple field goals on the board from from the defense, it, I think will go a long way. And Auburn did, did a good job. Uh, their defense, you know, forced a fumble or two, and could have, I think they could have had another one there. Um, so um, definitely, Kentucky's defense is going to have to capitalize on some. Uh, on some uh, on some plays there to make make the game close, and, and that's something. Well, that, that's something too that hasn't happened in this game, right? Like Georgia's never really given Kentucky something, or there was a fumble. They just here. about did, yeah. Last yes. year, or uh, was in it the last time in Lexington? If, yeah. Uh-huh. If if Jacquez picks that ball up there, there's a possibility Kentucky. There's a possibility he scores on it, but mm-hmm. he just he didn't. And that ended up being a key point in that game down there. So there's going to have to be a play. And that's where I come I come back to it's not all luck. Like I, Kentucky's been in position to make plays defensively, whether it's been Max Harrison or it's Deion Walker, if it's Trevin Wallace, it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're putting themselves in position to make plays and to also get some takeaways. Don't be shocked if, if Kentucky makes a play and gets, gives itself a short field. And that would be the perfect thing in this game. If, if you can get something early and Georgia kind of gives you an opportunity and you take advantage of it, that early score or something like that going in this game, it can give Kentucky just enough confidence and it can start making you think, if, if you're a Georgia fan, like, 
all right, like this, this is going to be – we're going to be in this thing for the stretch run. All I want out of this game, guys, is I want Kentucky in the fourth quarter with about nine to ten minutes left to have a shot to win it, whether that means they got to go score to take the lead or, like I said, that defense is on the field trying to hang on. Just have an opportunity, and I can live with what happens at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it's going to come down to – um, who's got the better defensive line? And right now, I like my pick. I don't think that Kentucky's going to win solely off of the de- off of the defensive line, but um, if they can do enough to challenge um, and and send some pressure um, to to Carson, I, I think, like you said, it's going to put Kentucky in a lot of different positions that they haven't seen yet. So, um, that being said, man, I think we have just about everything I wanted to discuss tonight. Sean, thank you so much for. Uh, for coming on with us. I know you, uh, you've had a busy day. You're in a parking lot somewhere. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on my phone. It's the, the most Sean Smith podcast episode thing, right? <laughs> well, at least you're not having to deal with Jack's uh, Wi-Fi, his internet. Um, I know you guys are having problems earlier on uh, with his internet and finally he got that fixed, but um, it's, it's been mine lately. <laughs> it's been causing issues. <laughs> so uh, Sean, I know we can find you at go big blue country. Um, and then the, the podcast, of course, with Jack, Jack Pilgrim sources say, um, Braden, we know we can find you with us, so I'm not even going to plug you. So <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, you guys have any final score predictions for Saturday? Uh, are you going to make me end on a bad note? <laughs> well, you don't have to. I mean, sure. I'll give it to you. Um, Georgia 21, Kentucky 17. I can't believe I'm about to do this. (laughs) I'm going to be different. I'm going to go Kentucky 27, Georgia 24. All right. I love it. I think I'm going to. Just to be different. And I I do think it's going to be close, though. I think it's going to come down to one score. Um, Sean, I have to end on a positive note if you're doing it. I think Kentucky, it's going to be. I have to be the pessimistic one. Yes. Somebody's yes. got to be it. I guess I'll take the reins this week. You went yeah, first. You, you chose this. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky Kentucky wins 21-17. And, you can't um, take my score. Huh? You can't just take my score. Okay. Uh, 24-21. Okay. <laughs> Would it shock you uh, if this thing is like 10-7? to 7? No, no, not at all. We've it, seen it. We've seen it before with these with these teams. It, I mean, it really wouldn't shock me if this thing is just just a defensive battle like the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. the The COVID year, what, I think, what was the final score? Fourteen to zero. It, oh, was it three? And the the year with Lynn and the rain, it was zero zero at halftime. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if this thing is just a battle of kickers, and then whichever defense gets a gets a scoop and score or a pick six or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this year, I mean, if that's knows? the case, I like Kentucky's chances. I do yeah. too. <laughs> I yeah. do too. More than, more than uh, most recent years. So uh, that being said, it's been a lot of fun. You guys, Sean, get back to Kentucky safely. Um, get, get out of that uh, Hoosier state because that's probably the worst state in America. Um, in my opinion, but that being said can't wait to talk to you guys next week and hopefully we're celebrating a win over georgia in athens looking on to um you know ending the season
better than than we could have ever dreamed. So that being said, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time.